Thanks for clicking play on the East Lake Tri-Cities Talks podcast. If you're new to this, we're trying to be the best church option for people in the Tri-Cities who aren't typically into church. We hope today's talk inspires you to take next steps in doing life in the way Jesus modeled and taught. If you're ever interested in being a part of one of our in-person gatherings, they take place every Sunday at the Uptown Theater in Richland. Check the website for current times. And regardless of what you look like, who you voted for, or where your tattoos are, we'd love to have you. But for now, here's our most recent talk. Welcome to Eastlake. Good morning, everyone. So we are the ones that are responsible for Brent. It's our fault. So any feedback you have, just let us know, and we'll do our best to straighten them out in the next 43 years. Yeah. You know, he's actually one of the funniest guys ever, right? I, I don't know. I think he's funny. And Did he pay you to say that? He, I think they keep me around because I always laugh at their jokes. She does. She does. She's awesome on that. Yeah, so we are Brent's parents, and uh, we pastor across the river, have for 25 years. We're just getting ready to step down from the lead pastor role, so you might see us once in a while over here, and, uh, and we're looking forward to kind of a next season. We're taking a six-month sabbatical. We're going to travel and do stuff for a while, six months, and then come back in January next year and part-time basis at Faith and, and do some on the teaching team and some mission stuff and look forward to that. So, yeah. But uh, it's good to be here with you. It's not our first time speaking here for either of us, but uh, it's good to, good to be here with you in this series. He brought back the old guys for this one. This is, this is uh, more the roommates, and we're supposed to preach from, <laughs> tell from the perspective of 43 years of marriage, like, kind of what we've learned. Yeah, so uh, I can't believe we're that couple. Yeah, well, I just, when did, when did that happen? But they bring on the old team to just kind of... They reached in the dugout, pulled out the right-hander from the, yeah. So anyway, we're looking forward to sharing with you, and, and this is a great series, because COVID, COVID messed with everybody. I mean, young married, old married, all in between. The challenges, they've been real. Uh, it's nice to be on the other side of it now, kind of coming out of it, and somewhat normal uh, scenario. We can see your faces and stuff, and, yeah. and uh, that's good. Yeah, but, we played more Rummy Cube during COVID than like every night because we had no place to go. That's what old people do <laughs> when you that long. We feel like, you know that commercial by Progressive where they're trying to train young homeowners not to be like their parents? Sorry, it's our new favorite because <laughs> like, we just laugh Like it's we, us. We are those, you know. We this are is them. not a time capsule. It's a freezer. <laughs> Give you $100 if you can tell me what this is. It's just, Guy has no idea. That We're is looking us. through our freezer going, yeah, it's us. <laughs> That's us. Yeah, anyway, it's crazy. But we're glad to be with you today. Yeah. And we've got some things that we, we don't pretend to have all the answers, but we've discovered a few things that might have helped us, and so we want to try and pass that on. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to show you a clip in just a minute from the, um, the TV series This Is Us. And it's, the background is that Miguel comes to Jack and he says, you know what? I think is that a TV show that old people watch too? I don't is that, know. They don't, I don't even know. know what This Is Us is. I, I don't. Yeah. How many know what This Is Us is? <laughs> you can't see their hand <laughs> see anyway. How many know what May Day is? <laughs> right? How many know we can't see your hands anyway? You're raising it. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. We yeah. can't. We can't. Yeah. So the background is that Miguel comes to Jack and says, I think our marriage is over. And Jack is just shocked. He goes, and he says, Miguel, he says, What happened? And Miguel answers, he said, you know, every morning I would take my wife coffee. That was just kind of our ritual. I would take her coffee. 
And one day I woke up and I decided, I'm not going to bring her coffee today. And here's the sad part, he says, is that she didn't even notice. She didn't even notice. Watch this. I shouldn't feel like making Shelly one. And the worst part is, she didn't even notice. And then it go, the clip goes on and he says, he says, this was the reason for the breakup. He said, we just quit noticing. We just quit noticing. Now, I know that love um, has been defined in lots of different ways, but probably the two most common ways that we hear is that love is a choice. You choose to love someone. And love is a verb. Uh, it's you choose to act. So it's not only a choice, but you choose to act on their behalf. I would like to introduce to you this morning a additional definition of love. And I think this has to happen before we either choose or react, and it's this. I believe that love is, first of all, focused attention. And you might want to write that down. That's probably the best thing we got today, I think. It's dark out there. Oh. <laughs> love is, first of all, focused attention. Because you will not choose to act you won't, um, until you have noticed someone. Someone said this. He said, you cannot love what you don't observe. You cannot love what you don't observe. Or to put it another way, you love what you pay attention to. You love what you, for example, the Seahawks. Now, a lot of Seahawks fans in here. Not anymore. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Our love has waned. <laughs> but, but, you know, the, the Seahawks fans, this is what they do. They meticulously, you know, gather all individual stats. They know every stat about every individual player. They pay too much for garlic fries and box seats and branded clothing. They fight for parking. They endure freezing rain, obnoxious fans, and they very, very, if you're from the Tri-Cities, a very long ride home. But they do that. They sacrifice their time, their priority, and, and in creative outfits and body paint, sometimes they sacrifice their dignity. You'll get the rest of that at lunch. So, um, And they have been laser-focused. Their attention has been laser-focused in ways that have shaped their affections and their heart and ultimately their devotion. Whatever we pay attention to, to shapes our hearts and our affections. And ultimately, that is what we will be devoted to. It kind of reminded me of our dating. I yeah. did some of those very same things. Yeah. You know, you're trying to figure out what they really like, what they want, and you try to be that. And uh, when we're in the dating mode, that's the, I mean, that's digging back in the archives for us, but we were high school sweethearts, so 100 years ago, you know, and so, uh, but it, that's the way it was. You try and figure right. out those things right. and, uh, and try and do those things. And that's things. how love begins, yeah. is this hyper-focus, right? And I tried to capture your attention, so you'd see me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Without thinking that's an idiot, but see me kind of a thing. And isn't that kind of, you know, that can be part of the tension that we faced in the midst of COVID in this roommate thing is you can become obnoxious. I mean, you can become, uh, but, but you can also forget to pay attention to the other person. And uh, that's one of the things that we want to launch with today is yeah. how important that is. You know, advertisers, advertisers 
pay big money nowadays to get your attention. And they know they've got just a few seconds on a mm -hmm. screen and, uh, to get it. And if they can get that attention, they hope they can capture your business and you'll buy their product. And, uh, and yeah. so that's, that's kind of what they're doing, competing yeah. for the Yeah, they call it now attention economy. And they will pay whatever it takes, big bucks. To they know if they can keep you on their website for a certain amount of time, it's all research. If they can keep you there long enough, they can ga um, garnish your affection, your heart, and you will buy <laughs> their product. Reminds me of all those shoes you ordered. Hey, no, let's not go there. Stop. During let's move on. Moving on. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Moving on. Moving on. They never came. Stop. Stop. I just remembered Stop. that. Stop. Well, let's not go there. Okay. It's pretty funny, though. It is. It is. It wasn't funny for me. Well, it wasn't. Okay. No, Any, anyways. Who needs 30-some pair of shoes, Stop. right? Stop. It's not. It was 20. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Half of them were for you. <laughs> Okay, moving on. <laughs> so what they have now, it's this new phenomenon, this new term that they, they've labeled. It's called inattentional blindness. Inattentional blindness. And what that means is we intuitively think that what are, whatever is in front of us, we notice, right? The thing is, that's not true. That's not true. Researchers did this. Um, the, the, the thing is, you can be there, but not all there, Right? Your attention is diverted elsewhere. So researchers did this gigantic study, years and years study, about perception. And after all of it said and done and all the stats were in, they came up with this one conclusion, and it was this, that there is no conscious perception. I don't see what's in front of me without attention. Without attention. We are, in other words, we are blind to that which we do not intentionally attend to. And uh, be attentive to. And of course, this happened in COVID as well, where we spent a lot of time together, but it's so easy that they are always there to not even notice them after a while. We assume that because we're together, we're noticing one another. That's not necessarily true without any kind of intentional attention. And it will take intentionality. Um, like the video said, a relationship starts to fizzle, fizzle out and a spouse tends to t look away in other directions from each other. And our attention gets diverted to other things. And that's when you know that your relationship is on shaky ground. Yeah, so one of the things that we tried to process in this COVID thing and tried to re reacquaint ourselves with and realize the value of it was something that we read in a book years ago. We've taught on it, in fact. And... Uh, Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. Some of you may have seen it. If you haven't, I encourage you to consider getting it because it, it, the essence of it is this. We all uh, need love. We all want love and want to love someone. And uh, yet sometimes uh, we can, without paying attention, we can just be caught up with ourselves and not them necessarily. So I may be trying to communicate to her how much I love her, express that to her, but uh, I do it in a way that I understand. She doesn't get it. Mm -hmm. It's like we're speaking male and female, and it's, it's different languages. And, and so it's, it's trying to get the process. So this, this book kind of identifies five different love languages, and it encourages us to, first of all, discern what your love language is, and then your spouse's. 
and then make sure you're communicating in the right way. So let me illustrate with a couple things on, on the love languages uh, that will help you on it. And you'll see it on the screen. Um, the first one's words of affirmation. And, um, you know, we get it. That it's important to say, I love you. Uh, you look nice today. Boy, you did a great job. Uh, we get that. Well, some people thrive on that. They need that to survive. And uh, I'm one of those. I'm kind of one of those guys where words of affirmation are important. So it's important. And Gail's picked up on this. So I say, oh, honey, I just love the way your muscles ripple when you take out the garbage. <laughs> yes. And I can't wait for Wednesdays, garbage day, right? Right now I'm thinking about taking the garbage out here today before I leave. So you learn to make it week. work, right? <laughs> you make it work in your favor. <laughs> she plays it up, yeah. That's right. So um, many of us get it, and we, because here, here's the deal. It may not be what she needs is that, but it, it could be, but I need to discern what it is. And if it is, then I need to be the one fulfilling that, yeah. or somebody else will, and that'll draw our attention. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I don't want that, yeah. of course, so, yeah. so that's important. And my love language is not words of affirmation, um, so I have to be really aware that that's how I show him love. Sure. And to be real intentional about doing that. Second uh, language is quality time. We get that. It's not just spending time, but it's investing quality time with one another. Well, you know what that means. It's like, it's like instead of uh, you're having a conversation, your phone keeps going off, and you keep checking it. You know that 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 just communicates to her, you're not important. This is more important, mm -hmm. and and that can happen easily. Mm -hmm. Or or maybe it's a a conversation, you had this happen to you, you're talking with somebody and, and they keep looking over your shoulder to see who else is coming in the lobby, you know, they'd like to talk to. And it makes you feel like I'm not as important. It's not a quality time. So in, in, in quality time, in that language, there are several things that are elements of that. One is your undivided attention, okay? Undivided attention. And, uh, some, and as a spouse, that's obviously what we want and long for. But also uh, togetherness, the idea of being together, it's an important aspect of, of this quality time. Eye contact, um, uh, body language, mm -hmm. you know, it's important that it's not just like it's, I'd just rather be someplace else. And so that's important. Third thing is this, the giving and receiving of gifts. Now, for some, this is their primary language. So, guys, if you're missing it, if you're not aware of that and and getting her the gift or giving the gift, and, and you're giving words of affirmation, but it's like to her, it's like water in a duck, and it's like, yeah, it's not a big deal. Then you need to figure it out and, and, and dial into that, and it's important. Because a gift is a symbol of a, of a thought, and that you thought about her or him. And it's not necessarily the monetar you know, monetary value of something. It doesn't have to be that expensive thing. Sometimes it's just the fact. It's nice once yeah, in a while. You know, I keep telling myself, it doesn't matter, the value. <laughs> you keep saying that. Yeah, you keep saying no. that. But, but it's the idea. The gift can be found. It can be bought. The gift can be made. All of those are important because yeah. it says, look, he or she was thinking about me. They just cared enough to think about me. Yeah. And, and that's important yeah. And often some. if... Um, if um, I give, they say I give, if my love language is giving gifts, oftentimes I'll express that to people. That will be the way I show you giving gifts, you know, um, by doing that. When 
in reality, that may not be the most That's why loving I get way. Gifts then? <laughs> okay, yeah, let's move on quickly. Number four, this is hers, acts of service. Is, and I, I've come to learn this. That, so the important thing for her is not necessarily flowers. Um, that would be gifts, right? But, but to her, she'd go to me, yeah, you know, the flowers are dead in a week, and then they're out the door, it's gone. But, so it means more to her that I load the dishwasher, or I vacuum, or I help with the kids, or something. Is, that was more important to her in a way that it took my time and energy, but it showed her I was observant, I was paying attention, and it meant a great deal to her. Yeah, he, he knows that. So he'll un unload the dishwasher, not because he likes unloading the dishwasher. It's because I have, that's a love language for me. He's showing how much he loves me by unloading the dishwasher. <coughs> a simple thing like that. And then I say, thanks, honey. You are so awesome for unloading the dishwasher. <laughs> so. I just wanted the dishes out of the sink. <laughs> <laughs> So the Bible puts it this way. This is uh, some of the 1 John 3, 18. It says this, let us love not in word or speech, but in truth and in action. So it's not just verbal saying something, but it's doing, demonstrating it. I think it's a good thing for us to think about. And uh, we'll talk about more, that more in a moment. But James chapter 2 says it this way. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't have works? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what good is that? And uh, so anyway, that's yeah. that's. And important. I think all of that begins with attentiveness. Sure. Just noticing. Yeah. Noticing the need, noticing them. Um, it all begins with that. So the last one is physical touch. And so that's things like holding hands, it's like hugging, uh, kissing, that kind of a thing. And it's, it's uh, those of us, some have been raised maybe in a home where touch was a big deal. Others, touch was not a big deal. And so you, it's kind of, you bristle at it. Um, I'm, I tend to be a hugger. And so uh, it's a touch thing. And so that's more normal to me. Uh, and so, uh, so that's kind of the way. So I can express it. I express it that way with her. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, so the physical touch love language, it's different than the sexual drive. It's not that's not always that it's connected to touch. That's not it. But you ask yourself, do I crave physical touch at other times besides sexual intimacy? Then, then that's probably a part of that. And I need to learn that and express it. Or how does she? So then it's discerning what your spouse's love language is yeah. and what you're most comfortable, uh, how demonstrating that. And, yeah. That book will kind of help you unpack some of that as well. Yeah, so your homework today is to ask each other what their love language is. And, you know, <coughs> it can be a little bit of all of them, but usually there's one dominant yeah. that really, right? And you probably already know what your spouse's love language is. What As we've been talking, you go, ah, acts of service or... But also this would be a great time to kind of help write the thing that maybe your spouse has been getting it wrong. It's been giving you stuff and you're going... It's irrelevant to me. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So it's a good time so to deal with it. Good time to discuss for each of you, each other, what, what your love language is. So we decided, we did a little um, uh, exercise, and we decided after 43 years of marriage, um, we asked ourselves, I, and I, I said, so if you could come up with three, three things that are like <laughs> go-tos, like these, these are the baselines for not only a good marriage, 
but good relationships. These are all really general um, ideas and principles for every relationship in your life, not just in marriage. So we kind of did separate things. Um, so we went our separate ways. I came up with three that were like, you know, essentials. He came up with three, and here's the really great thing. that All three were exactly the same. He, we said it a little bit different, but they were the same principles. Yeah, so the first one's this, love with your ears. <coughs> love with your ears. Now that sounds goofy, <coughs> sounds weird, but James 1.19 says everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness mm -hmm. God desires. So it's not just a saying, love with your ears, that's not it. It's a key to relationship, really, I think. If you, everybody wants to be known and really wants to know, but it begins as you listen. And it's not, listening is an active sport. It's not passive. It's active. And it's learning to listen. And uh, so uh, l learning, listening is a way of, of kind of communicating you matter. Your thoughts, uh, your emotions, yeah. um, the activities of your day, they matter to me. Yeah. And people pick up on that. Your spouse will pick up on that. You're valuable to me. Mm -hmm. My time, attention, my focus, and yeah. that's one of the ways that we can show it. Yeah. So what you say matters. Yeah. So listening is more than just hearing. Yeah. Active listening is not passive, but... Uh, we listen to understand, to get it. And yeah. so it takes some time and practice. Yeah, and what you have to say is valuable. And I hear it kind of thing. <clears throat> For several years, I worked at Columbia Basin College. And one of those times, they brought in a, a special speaker. <clears throat> and he talked about what they called verbal <coughs> SWAT. I don't know if any of you have heard of that. Verbal SWAT. And basically, the focus was on centered on cr uh, active listening techniques with the with the hope that with listening before speaking, you could diffuse any kind of potential or hostile situation or, con or confrontation. And actually, this is, our law enforcement people are trained in this extensively all the time. That's why, if, <clears throat> that's why when, if you get pulled over, he walks up to you and says, now I don't know this personally, but <clears throat> I've seen it on TV. He walks up to you and says, good morning. How's your day? Well, it's not a good day if you pull me over, but you don't say that. <laughs> and he says, um, may I see, did you notice you were going just a little bit faster back there? And like, no, I didn't. Well, could I see your driver's license? And he'll say, well, Mrs. Johnson. And he, this is the kind of demeanor that he maintains all the time. Because, you know, he doesn't know what he's getting when he walks up to a car. And nobody really likes being pulled over. All, already, their emotions are on you know, a high level, crisis level. So he comes, his number one job is to diffuse that with you. And so the way we listen and how we listen, including verbal and nonverbal um, feedback, our verbal self-management, right? Being careful what to say, what not to say. What I came away from this seminar was this, is the power of listening. The power of listening in any relationship. But <clears throat> so that, that idea of being quick to listen and slow to speak, that's not just a good, like a nice saying that you put on your wall. That is really one of the most essential elements of any really great relationship. Being willing to defer, to listen first, this active listening, diffusing things, 
and then speaking afterwards. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But here's the problem <clears throat> with the listening thing is that we are a really distracted people. If there's any one word that could describe our culture as it is, and that word would be distraction. In fact, they say that now we as a, as a society, we have less attention span than that of a goldfish. Than that, a goldfish has an attention span of eight seconds. They're saying now that we cannot even hold our focus. And it takes focus to listen, right? More than eight seconds. Because our minds were just, we ping everywhere. We're so distracted. And technology certainly has trained us in that. And we get really good at false listening. We develop these strategies to act like we're listening in order to reduce the real hard work of actual active listening. <clears throat> I think probably one of the best ways that we can, that our spouse can know or can know is that we're listening is by asking good questions. Asking good questions. Tell me about your day. How was your day? What was most important to you? The, the key here though, um, and I'm, I'm a life coach and these are the, this is how we're trained, is you always ask what and how questions. You never ask why. Because why has a sense of judgment to it? Well, why didn't you take out the garbage? And you could say, well, what kept you, <laughs> you know, from taking? It's, there's just a difference. So, what, so an example, what and how. Um, what about that was meaningful? How might that look? What about that concerns you? What would be most helpful right now for you? And those are ways that they, you can show them that you're listening. And I just love that. That's, that's a, and again, that takes, all of this takes practice because we're distracted people. We're not used to listening or asking those kinds of questions. The, the challenge comes is when sometimes we get short-fused and, and we can back into a corner we get, and we say the why question yeah. first, and that puts them on their defense. And yeah. the heels go in, and you've probably never experienced that, but we have before. And, yeah. and, uh, so really good... Coaching lesson today, how and what? Second thing is guard your words. This is a thing we came up with, this idea of mm -hmm. guard your words. You know, nothing seems to come out, nothing good comes out of hurtful or critical, uh, sometimes sarcastic. I like to be sarcastic. Brent likes to be sarcastic. He's really good at that. He's always been good at that, He's hasn't <laughs> he? In fact, let's just process that here. <laughs> He's going to watch this, I think, so... Brent, watch your sarcasm. It's no. just really hurtful. But uh, insensitive sometimes we can, with our words, we got to be careful as the little things that we say and yeah. do can just have barbs on it and, and yeah. kind of... I call it snarky. Yeah, you do call it snarky. Snarky words. Yeah. I better move on quickly. <laughs> so stop the blame game and all that process. Yeah. Yeah. Watch your tone. Proverbs 15 says it this way, a gentle answer diffuses anger and uh, kind of, you know, defers it. So don't yeah. react, take a breath, yeah. pause. And uh, I tend to use humor with us and, and to try and kind of change the tone of the yeah, situation that works, sometimes. That works really good. And, and I try to capitalize on the eight-second attention span <laughs> and, and get her away from that. But, um, but you know what I'm talking about. We can, with our words, we can shame people. We can belittle people. We don't, want, we don't want to do that with the person we love. And COVID in this whole scenario has forced us mm -hmm. into this little place 
and, yeah. and they're the only ones we've had to spar with for a while. <laughs> and so now it's, it's kind of like, we're, fortunately, we're coming out the other side. Yeah. Ephesians 4.29 is a great verse for you mm-hmm. to memorize, think about, write it down, put it on your dash of your car, and, uh, and think about that um, as the officer pulls you over and asks you those <laughs> questions. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Uh, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their need, that it may benefit those who listen. Yeah, words that are respectful, appreciation, confidence, encouragement, those things. Yeah, yeah, I love that's a great verse. That's another one. And again, these aren't just nice sayings that you can put on your wall. These are really principles for relationships <coughs> that, would, that can change everything for you. So the third thing, I guess we had four, but the third thing is this, is keep score. Keep score. Now, you've probably been at, uh, perhaps at marriage seminars and they say, don't keep score of all the bad things. You know, making a list and tuck it in your pocket and in a heated moment you pull out this bad list. This is different. What I'm talking about is keep score in marriage, the right kind of score. When they do something right, notice it. When they do something kind and considerate, take notice of those things. It, it really matters. For example, Again, for me, it's, it's acts of, of service. And so when we stay in a hotel, we're out of town, we stay at a hotel, he'll always get up early before me and go get coffee and a muffin and bring it back to me. And it's like, thank you. Say thank you. Notice those things and, and see the pattern. It's just it's an excuse for me to go down and eat. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I'm going to go get you coffee and a yeah. banana. I, notice, I always notice you're gone a long yeah, time. Yeah, you know, so. it's hard to find that sometimes. <laughs> Wander around. Um, often, almost every night, he'll bring me a little foot warmer. So, because the, the sheets are cold, and he, he'll warm up my... He'll even get out of bed and do that. I'm just a nice guy. He is a nice guy. <laughs> he is a nice guy. He calls me um, when he's going to be late most of the time. Um, he'll run to the grocery store when I'm out of eggs. I'm right in the middle of making something, and I'll go, oh. And he'll run to the store just to get eggs for me so I can finish that. He'll unload the groceries from the car without being asked. And so, so keep score. Sounds like I'm kind of a slave in some respects. <laughs> it's a love slave, it's though. It's a love, love slave. slave. yes. Yeah. Love slave. Okay. Um, but notice those things. From now on, just take notice and say thank you and, and tell him how appreciated you are. Because she notices it and makes Words comments, of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Yeah. It affirms me in this yeah. cycle thing. Yeah. yeah. Again, make it work for you. Right, yeah, work no. the system. No. But make sure they're, they're sincere, you know. Yeah. <laughs> make sure they're sincere. Okay, let's move on. Fourth thing is this, is that we came up with between us. Not only listen, listen actively, not only when you do speak, make sure it's not cutting, make sure it's not snarky or from a place of anger. But this one is just, and it's so simple, it's be kind. Be kind. Now, that was his words. My words for this number four was this. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> Don't be a jerk. Nobody likes a jerk, and um, nothing good comes out of being a jerk, out, especially in relationships. But being kind is the root, foundation, and cement of any relationship that you have. And so I, I went ahead and Googled the word kind, and, on, and it came up with this. These are the um, synonyms of kind. Friendly, generous, considerate, and wanting the best for the other person. Wanting the best. Bringing out the best in them. I love Ephesians chapter 4. It says this, and this is 
this is so good for marriage. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Malice is when you don't wish, when you do wish ill on someone and not their good. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Just as Christ, or just as in Christ, God forgave you. Now the thing is with all of these things, whether it's it's listening or speaking or being kind and compassionate, all of these things take practice. These don't normally aren't normal to us. We we tend to be selfish people. And to to listen, to do all of those things is going to take practice over and over. Forgiveness isn't a one-time thing. Forgiveness takes many times of forgiving. And so um, these are things that, that you just need to do. And after a while, it does become second nature to you, that, that you'll just choose kindness without even thinking about. But it will be a choice. It'll be a series of choices that you get to choose a thousand times a day in being kind. And as far as it depends on you, you can begin today when you leave this auditorium. You can be begin choosing kindness by the words that you speak today, the acts that you do, and it be, but it always begins, all of this always begins with noticing one another, mm -hmm. noticing each other, yeah. and it changes everything. And if nothing else, I mean, COVID rocked everybody's world, but if we can come out of this, and you know, now we're on the other side of it, pretty much, um, and we've gleaned some wisdom, insights that might help us so that we're more than just roommates. Right. Um, that's key. Right. That's crucial for us. So. Right. And all good. of this is just so basic. Yeah. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure this stuff out. It's just basic human, humanness of, of living with someone else and yeah. being with one another. And if you're struggling in this area in the middle of the night, call Brent. Here's his number. <laughs> um, but uh, Kylie and Brent... They're great mentors, and they're committed to you and, and helping mm -hmm. you yeah. strengthen your relationships, mm -hmm. and, and uh, you're blessed to have them. I hope you know that. I think you do, and they're doing a great job here, and we pray for you often. We do. And uh, for them as they lead this church mm -hmm. in the community. So stand with us. We've got a benediction for you on the screen. Lord, we confess our propensity for our distraction that leads us unintentionally nowhere that matters. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts that are focused on those we love and ultimately matter the most in the end. May we show love in the words that we choose, the attention we offer, and in a thousand acts of kindness realizing the privilege of marriage is making the journey together, knowing that it was all worthwhile. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you've got more questions about the church or community group options for connecting with East Lakers outside of Sunday mornings, I'd encourage you to check out our website, eastlaketricities.com, or better yet, download our app by searching East Lake Tri-Cities in your favorite app store.